Welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Your hosts are here to speak the words of the spirits and answer your questions. Now, here are Connie and Barry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. I'm Barry Strom, your host. Connie and I are trying to educate as many people as possible about the hereafter, the afterlife, however you want to refer to it, but it's very, very real, and we're all going to face it. We're going to face it at our time of passing, and then we're all of you are going to know that what we said was pretty accurate. So anyway, we currently have over 480 videos on our YouTube channel. We cover all aspects of the paranormal and the afterlife. The channel is in my name, Barry Strom. Good morning. I'm Connie Strom, your co-host. Last week, we had a very great show. It was entitled All About Heaven. We spoke with the spirits of St. Peter, our master guide, Laura, and with Jesus. If you truly want to understand heaven, this is the show for you. If you missed it, the show is on Voice America Archives or our YouTube channel. Today, we're going to discuss the world of music and its importance for humans. We will begin by speaking with the Archangel Sandophon, the uh, Archangel of Music and Prayer. In the second and third segment, we'll be channeling the spirits of Mozart and Beethoven, two of the most brilliant composers of all time. Okay, now speaking to spirits, the ability that I have is not an exact science, and there's many times that I do make a few mistakes. Now, I have no idea what the spirits or archangel are going to say. Sometimes I simply don't get the words correct. We make up the questions ahead of time, but we have absolutely no idea what the answers to those questions are going to be. Now, the fact that the afterlife is real is absolute. We're doing our best to help you understand it. Now, we're going to begin our show today with a disclaimer. So the opinions or statements voiced on our show are the channeled words of the spirits and do not necessarily reflect our opinions, those of the Voice American Network, or our sponsors. Our first channeling guest this morning will be the angelic spirit of the Archangel Sandalphon. She is not well known, but she's very important. She's the Archangel of Music and Prayer. Yeah, we've channeled her several times before on some of our other podcasts or radio shows, and She's pretty amazing little angels. So anyway, Connie, let's begin with the questions we have for the Archangel. Sandalphon, thank you so much for joining us again. When we spoke with you before, you told us you were the Archangel of Music and Prayer. What is the relationship between music and prayer? Both music and prayer are a means of communication. Music is a soothing method of communicating music soothes the soul helps cure depression does many many things for many people brings enjoyment prayer brings you information if you pray for advice you will receive advice so really they're both types of communication they're just very very different in the way that it works but both music and prayer are instrumental for humans. They need to pray for guidance, and there are times that they need to listen to music. Sometimes the words bring them advice as well. Much of the music from the classical period that we're going to discuss today 
has religious overtones. Many of it were simply written as as hymns or or ways of communicating with God. So you see, prayer and music are really quite interrelated. They are. Why have so few humans ever heard of you? Well, there's many reasons for that. First of all, there are many, many archangels. So there's many of us that uh, humans have never heard of. Many of us have been identified by the ancients, and they had no way of truly knowing what they were communicating with. They did not see any angelic forms. They knew that if you were speaking to some type of spirit form, that had to have something to do with heaven. But they never really saw us, so they couldn't identify who they were speaking to. Quite often, they would be speaking to three or four different archangels and think that it was the same one. So many of us have areas that we like to work in. Many of us overlap with other angels. But there are probably between 30 or 40 high-ranking angels that you would consider archangels. But keep in mind that each of us have got thousands upon thousands of other angels that assist us in our work. So it would have been very difficult for the ancients to get it correct in their identification. It's very difficult for modern humans to get it correct and to identify all of us. Could you expand on why music is so important for humans? Humans have great emotions. They have a great range of emotions. They can be happy. They can be sad. They can be depressed. They can be suicidal. Music can help soothe an individual. It can help bring them rest. It can help bring them comfort. Perhaps music is the only way that some certain people can clear their minds. There are individuals whose minds are completely working, completely thinking of things, are very, very busy. Sometimes music can help clear their minds. Many people can have trouble sleeping. There are individuals that need to hear music at night because it drives the other thoughts from their minds and allows them to relax. So music is incredibly important. You'd be amazed if you truly understood all of the impacts that music has upon the human body. Yes, I've experienced that. What role do you play as it relates to music? I try to help guide people. There are certain people that are very talented in composing that can write music. There are certain people that can perform music. I try to take people and guide them towards their talents. Many people would like to be professional performers, but don't have the ability or talent to do it. I would try to lead them in another direction. Sometimes people are very talented as composers, but need ideas and guidance and help. I might bring one of the great composers to help guide them. They may never realize what's taking place, but I try to make music as enjoyable for humans as I can. Thank you for that. What composer do you believe had the greatest impact on humans? There is no 
single composers. The two individuals you're speaking with today have had as much impact as anyone, but it would be very, very difficult. You see, music has come from the time of the ancients. There were individuals that composed music for the ancients. You never heard their name. I do believe that the composers that lived through what we're referring to as the classical period as a group had more impact on humans than any other group of composers. The Some of the greatest compos compositions of classical music came during that period. So I would not sit here today and tell you that there is any one great composer that had more impact but there is no doubt that the classical composers had more impact than any others, any other group of composers. Yeah, so the classical period where the great composers lived ran from roughly 1750 to 1820. Why did God choose this time period to bring such musical genius to the world? First of all, this was a very troubled time. There were many wars going on. The Revolutionary War, France, Spain, England. It was a time of turmoil. God decided that it was just as he decided that when he walked the earth, it was time for people to believe into the, in a one God. It was a time for it to send back souls that were capable of bringing a new way of understanding music. He sent some of the most talented composers of all time back, and their music has lasted for hundreds of years. But it was a time that individuals needed to be diverted from many of the problems. There were plagues, wars. It was really a very rough time for human evolution. So he felt that by bringing these geniuses to the world, and allowing him to write music that he could perhaps give humans a way to escape many of the problems that were taking place. During the classical period, much of the music had sacred themes. Was this the intent of God? Yes, but you'll also find that this was also the, the religious theme was an overwhelming part of the artwork at that time as well. You see, during this period, the church was in turmoil. The Catholic church was very, very strong. The Protestant church was trying to break free. And there were still many, many people that were arguing about the true path. Obviously, there is no single true path, but the people were, were fighting and arguing and going to war over their religious beliefs. Many of the works were authored to help with sacramental things that were taking place within the church themselves. Uh, the Messiah. Everything 
in those days generated religious themes. So it was just a classic characteristic of the time. What role did you play during this classical period? I helped guide many of these true artists, many of the true composers. I would try to give them guidance. It was a time that was very hard for the musicians to make a living. They were reliant upon the aristocracy. I would give them, I would come to them in their sleep and I would give them ideas. I would suggest that they would travel, that they would approach certain people. I did many things. When God informed me that he was going to be sending these talents back, he also said that I should try to direct them to write music that would have religious influence and would help people truly understand the power of God. So I did many things, and I was very busy during this period. <laughs> did a great job. Is there a relationship between music and depression? Absolutely. Many people are depressed. When, when things are very difficult, and humans have the ability to make things very difficult, it seems like continuously there's wars or economic problems or pandemics or many things going on. The human soul needs a diversionary tactic, shall we say. Music is a great diversion. You can sit and listen to music, and many of the problems of the world are put out of your mind, at least for the time being. Depression is very common. It is an illness that many people are sent back to try to defeat in their lives. It's a lesson that has to be learned. And music is a very, very important tool in doing that. Something I've been wondering about, does music exist on other planets? Absolutely. But you would not recognize it as music. You see, humans are actually quite isolated from what goes on in the rest of the galaxy. You have not advanced technologically enough to travel to those worlds or to understand what goes on. But music is truly a universal concept. A universal gift. What is your opinion of modern music, such as rap? <laughs> well, rap is in a category of its own. Or an artist to incorporate obscenities and violence into the music is absolutely not what God intended. He wanted it to be a beautiful source of recreation and understanding. I refer to rap as verbal graffiti. It is not a form of music that I believe that will be around in hundreds of years. What role do you see music playing in the future? I see different types of music coming into existence. Today, you have many different types. You have country, you have religious, you have rap, you have modern styles. People are trying to be very unique in what they do. So I see 
forms of music coming in the future that you've not as yet conceived of. Do you think God will ever create another classical period for composers? It is a distinct possibility. It will all depend on how modern music decomposes into the future. Yes, the classical music has remained popular for over 200 years. Do you see any modern music that will endure and have remaining popularity? Much music is generational. For instance, those of you that lived in the 60s still love the music of the 60s. There were some very talented artists, and it is possible that some of that music will endure into the future. Country music, there are different types of country music. It's changed so much. So it is possible. We'll see what happens. Thank you so much for joining us again this morning. Do you have a closing message for our listeners? Yes, I do. Listen to music. Listen to music that you enjoy. Listen to music that brings you relaxation. Listen to music that leads you away from the problems of the world. Keep in mind there are many things that you worry about over which you have absolutely no control. One thing that you do have control over is the type of music that you listen to. There are people that enjoy music with religious overtones. There are people that enjoy rap music. There are people that enjoy orchestras, operas. Music is one of the most varied mediums the humans can have access to. Enjoy it. Use it to its fill to its fullest. Listen to music as much as possible. It will be very good for your soul. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Sandolphin. All right, uh, let's take our small break, and when we come back, we're going to channel with Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, 
Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Here are your hosts, Connie and Barry Strom. Hey, welcome back, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. Tell your friends about us. I think they would enjoy it. Okay, in this segment, we are going to speak with the spirit of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Mozart was born in 1756 and died in 1791 at the young age of only 35. During that short lifetime, he composed over 600 works in all of the existing genres of his time. An amazing individual. So, Connie, let's uh, begin our questioning. Okay. The friends of this wonderful spirit refer to him as Amity, and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Amity, at what age did you create your first musical composition? My father was a very accomplished musician, and he started to teach me to play the piano before I was three years old. I had an amazing gift of God. I could follow his commands, and I could do many things at a very early age. They referred to me as a child prodigy, and I found that I was actually able to compose around the age of four. It was actually a very astonishing thing, and my father was even amazed by that ability. That is absolutely incredible. What role did your father play in your career? My father was an accomplished musician, and he taught me different instruments. He showed me different styles of music. He taught me to play the piano and do many other things. He pushed me very hard. He tried to teach me as many of the other of the techniques as he could. I really didn't have that much of a childhood. As soon as I acquired the abilities that I was suitable to perform in public, we would travel around and play for individuals. This was how he tried to earn a living. It was a difficult, a very, very difficult way. Keep in mind, in those days, there was no public transportation. It was costly to travel. There was much sickness in the world, and as we traveled, I would become ill. He would become ill. So it was, he, he was a, a very, very strong force in my life. Could you further describe what it was like when you were 
doing all these tours with your father? We would be trying to perform before the aristocracy. In those days, that was basically where the money was. We were always trying to make an impression. If you could impress an individual of wealth, then they would perhaps hire you to play for them, perhaps write, hire you to write music for some of their social activities. We would travel to different areas, and it was a time of violence. Individuals were at war. As I said, there was no medical care to speak of. There were doctors, but they had little ability to take care of what was the illnesses that were taking place. It was a very difficult way to try to live. How old were you when you first began to compose music? Well, as I said, I started when I was four, but it was it was not really until I became a teenager that I I fully began to develop as a composer. I would meet many of the other great talents. I would learn different styles, different genre. I would try to understand many of the intricacies of the Baroque style. It was, I would continuously write music, but it was really not until I became a teenager that people started to pay attention to what I was doing. What age were you when you were actually able to play at a professional performance level? I was four and five years old. That's why I was referred to as a prodigy. Oh, boy. There were periods in your life where you couldn't find employment. With your incredible talent, why was it so difficult to find employment? I think, well, it was a difficult time to find employment for many, many people. There were many talented people, talented individuals that were vined for the few members of the aristocracy that really had the money. Keep in mind that there was no public opportunities available. It was the time of beginning. It was a time where the concept of music was changing. It was a time where basically classical music and the great composers worked for very few individuals. We did not, we did not appeal to the general public. It was, there was a class system. There was an aristocracy and there were the rest of us. When we wrote this type of, or style of music, the religious music would often be used in the churches. The more non-religious music would be used for social events for the rich. But there was none of the 
great auditoriums. It was just the music industry, which you conceive of today, is incredibly different from what we faced. We had to attempt to find individuals that would pay us. And that was not an easy task. Did you have a photographic memory for music? And if your answer is yes, could you describe it for us? I did have a photographic memory. In my mind, I could see these pages of music as they occurred. It was, it was actually a very amazing thing. I didn't understand just how unique it was until I got back over on this side. But I could look at a page of music and I could duplicate it by hand. So yes, I was, God gave me some incredible blessings and a photographic memory was one of them. Yes. How many languages could you speak? Well, I'm not sure I could speak all of them well, but I could speak around a dozen languages. Oh. It was necessary in those days because we would travel. There were no, very difficult to find somebody that would interpret for you. So we had to understand all these languages. Many of the smaller countries had individual languages. So you would, uh, the obvious was English, Spanish, French, Italian. But when you traveled as we did, trying to make a living, you had to be able to speak these languages. You were amazing. Did you ever meet or work with Ludwig Beethoven? We were he, we were both present in Vienna at the same time. I was introduced to him, but I will not say that we ever really worked together. I did meet him. We had had discussions about music, but he was also a very talented individual and had definite ideas about how music should be composed. So, yes, I did meet him, but no, we did not do what you would speak of as work together. Who do you consider the greatest influence on your music? In the beginning, I was greatly influenced by Bach. He, he was an incredibly talented individual, and he would work with you. I think he was impressed by my abilities. I think that much of what we did was fairly similar at that time, but he had a great influence upon me. Were you left-handed? I was ambidextrous. Oh. I could write with either hand. In those days, if you were left-handed, people looked down upon you. So... I did not attempt to let people understand my abilities, but I could write with either hand. Why did you never compose any music for a trumpet? I never liked that instrument. <laughs> I thought that it was so loud. I thought that it was not 
capable of the range of musics of the string instruments. The piano has many octaves over which you can play. The violin is incredible for the different sounds that you can bring from it. But I just, I just simply never appreciated the role of the trumpet. Amadi, would you describe your sense of humor for us? That is a fairly difficult thing. I must admit that perhaps my vocabulary would not be what you would expect in many instances. I know that I enjoyed jokes about sexual events. I'm trying to be polite here because I know you're on the radio and they told me to be careful. Thank you. I would swear perhaps a lot more than I should have. I guess the best way that you could describe my manner of speech and communication would be the term potty mouth. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. What was your cause of death? 35 was awfully young. Yes, and I certainly wasn't fully expecting to pass at that age either. It was a combination of things. I had caught many different diseases through travel and through trying to pursue my musical career. I had incurred some kidney damage through the years, and I probably may have had a little more alcohol than I should have. But I got this terrible fever, and I think it was some type of infection that I caught, but I'm really not sure what the total cause was. At the time of your death, you were quite popular, yet you were buried in a common grave with little or no mourners. Could you explain that? Well, I was a commoner. At that time in Vienna, commoners were put in common graves. Aristocrats were put in higher level graves, and common graves were often reused after about 10 years. So there was, it was a very, very simple burial. My wife did have a casket for me, but it was very simple. Okay, what is your opinion of modern music? Modern music differs very much, obviously, from what the works that we did. I understand that through the hundreds of years, times have changed, and people believe and understand many different types of music that never existed when I was alive. I think that people should be allowed to enjoy what they want. If it brings them pleasure and relaxation, then I believe that it is fine. What did you think of the movie Amadeus? There were a couple accurate parts in it, but for the most part, there was a lot of liberties taken with the way I actually did live in my life. 
I wish that I could have participated in some of the events that were in the movie. But all in all, I do appreciate the fact that it brought me great public attention. Thank you for your attitude. Why did you become a Freemason? And did that conflict with your Catholic beliefs? Well, first of all, Freemasonry was not outlawed during my lifetime by the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church thought of Freemasonry as a competition, and they tried to have it eliminated as much as possible. I did it because many of my friends were members, and I thought that it would help help me advance in my musical career. Amadi, it's been very nice talking with you and getting some information out there for people. Do you have a final message for us? Yes, I would like to thank you very much for allowing me to come through today. It's the first time I've been able to speak since my passing, and that's a long time. So thank you very much for listening. I tried to write as much music during my life as I could. I tried to write as many different types of music. I was trying to appeal to the different patrons, to the different aristocrats. Quite often I would write music that I didn't really enjoy for myself, but I had to do it. I enjoyed writing operas, but I did not write that many of them. I should have written more music with religious overtones because now that I'm over here, I truly understand the magnificence of heaven. And if I would had the same knowledge that I had now, I think I could have written some pretty incredible music. I believe music is incredibly important for human evolution. I think that people should be allowed to listen to what they like. Just because an individual only listens to classical music does not say another cannot listen to country. So times change, music changes, and it will change into the future as well. So thank you for allowing me to come through. I appreciate the time. And I wish all of you to have a great day. All right, let's take another short break. When we come back, it's going to be Ludwig von Beethoven. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? 
Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Have a question for Barry or their guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Ludwig von Beethoven was born in 1770, died in 1827 at the age of 56. He was an incredibly talented individual, and his works remain among the most performed classical works of any composer. So we want to thank him for being with us today. And Connie, let's talk with Mr. Beethoven. Okay, Beethoven, what role did your father play in your early musical education? Very similar to that of my of, of my friend Domides. He taught me the value of music. He realized that I had had special abilities he also realized that it, my abilities could provide a platform for income he understood the success that somebody had as a child prodigy tried to emulate that he was very very strict he tried to use, shall we say, forcible methods to make sure that I would practice and accomplish his goals. So he was actually very similar to my friend's father. Did you perform as a child? Yes. He and I would travel around and I would play the piano, sing, try to do many things. My family was also, my sister was talented. So the, we would often travel as a family. And we would have many of the perils that went with it. We would get illnesses. Sometimes we would have problems paying our bills. But yes, I also performed as a child. How successful were you with your early compositions? My early compositions were not that successful. It was not until I became more of a teenager that people started to pay attention to my works. But my early, my early works were not that successful. Many of them did get some acclaim once I brought them out as I, as I aged, but 
at the time as a child, my my work was not that good. What was your opinion of Amadee's works? I thought that they were very good. I thought that his early works were not as accomplished as what he did later in life. But I realized that he had a true brilliance and a true genius. And I realized that he was one of the great composers of the time. He was indeed. Did you prefer composing or performing? In the beginning, I enjoyed performing. I liked playing in front of people. I loved the applause. I loved the conversation after the shows. I enjoyed performing as well, but not as much. But once my hearing started to decline, I realized that I could no longer perform and that all I could do was compose. So that is really the reason that a lot of my works were done in my later life. Did you completely lose your hearing? I basically, I heard loud noises, some low tones, but there was no way that I could have a conversation with anyone. I reached a point that I simply had to stop performing. I couldn't conduct an orchestra if I couldn't hear what was taking place. I started to have very poor performances simply because I could not hear what was taking place. I reached a point that I could not communicate. I had many, many problems talking to individuals. I reached a point that I would actually have to write down the messages. So I was, I was in very difficult conditions. I tried using uh, a hearing horn that helped in the beginning, but towards the end of my life, I was almost completely deaf. Did that affect your composing abilities? Somewhat, but I could still compose. What I couldn't do was perform. Okay. Will you please describe how the Patron system worked? In those days, you would try to find rich aristocrats that would sponsor your work for you. It might be a, a church bishop. It could be in some of the individuals that were leading the city-states at the time. could be even the pope. But these individuals would hire you. They might hire you to simply perform at their different social functions, they might hire you to write songs for their wives, or there were many reasons. But you would try to find individuals that would pay you to work for them. Who was your immortal beloved? I must admit that my love life was a mess. I had many, well, not many, but I had individuals that I would fall in love with that would not reciprocate the affection. 
I wrote the love letter that was now referred to as Immortal Beloved for Josephine. What were your religious beliefs? I was a Catholic. I was very firmly a member of the church. I believed strongly in God. I understood that God had given me an amazing blessing with the ability to compose. I knew that God truly existed, and I wanted to immortalize him in some of my works, and I believe that I was quite successful in some of my music. Indeed. Tell us about your conversation books. Once I reached a point that I was, I was going deaf and I could not have conversations, I would have these books and I would write my side of the conversation and the other individual would write his side of the conversation. So these conversation books were a, a very good insight into my meeting with others. I must admit that I became a bit of a recluse late in my life because it was so difficult to, to old conversations. Was heavy liquor consumption your cause of death? Sadly, it played a large role in it. I must admit that I did enjoy alcohol. I found that it would give me relaxation. And through the years, I did drink much more than I should have. So kidney failure and liver failure did play a huge role in my passing. What is your opinion of modern music? Much modern music is certainly different from what we compose. Thankfully, many, many people still listen to the classics, go to operas, play the music that, that we composed. Some of the modern music I view as an abomination. I think that if you incorporate sacrilege, violence, sexual abuse, into your music, you are far from doing what you should be doing. Music is meant for something for you to relax. It's meant for you to receive messages. It's meant to make sure that you understand that music is truly a gift of God. If you insert all of these different violences and problems into the music, then you will understand that you are not doing God's wishes with one of the greatest gifts that he gave mankind. What did you see as you passed from human life? <clears throat> I saw this incredible world, this color, this brilliance. I saw heaven. And it's indescribable. And do you have a final message for us, Beethoven? Yes, I do. I want to thank you so much for allowing me to come through. Much of my music 
is still listened to by the millions. I cannot imagine the popularity that my music still has. I think it is because I tried to reflect the glory of God in my writings. I did that. I've passed my test of my life. The challenge of deafness for a composer is probably the ultimate hurdle that has to be overcome. It's music. Music is so soothing when done properly. It is a gift of God. It is something that everyone can enjoy. It is something that God made for humans. And it is something that humans must continue to enjoy into the future. It will help their evolution. Thank you so much. Thank you both. And I want you to know that I am one who does appreciate your work. I, I love classical music. Okay. Thank you. Interesting show. Next week, we're going to interview three famous entertainment personalities that helped humanity. Fred Rogers of the Mr. Rogers TV show, Danny Thomas and Bob Hope. This is going to be a very inspirational show. We've talked to all these souls in the past and they are incredible so join us next week tell your friends i currently have nine books on amazon latest being messages of muhammad for modern world before that i had a book called messages of god for modern world and i'm working on my 10th book which will be the, the messages of the archangels should be available next month with a little bit of luck all the books are available on amazon latest tour and soft cover ebook english spanish editions if you want a signed copy they're available on my website barrystrom.com and i would like to thank you all for joining us on the voice america variety radio network word of mouth is the best advertising so please tell your friends about our show if you'd like to see more of our channelings as barry said we have 480 videos covering all aspects of the afterlife on our YouTube channel, which is in his name, Barry Strom. Okay, thank you so much. We appreciate all of you that tune in and listen. We can see that our listenership is growing throughout the world. We hope that you will continue to learn about the afterlife. We're all going to face it. It's just a matter of time. Death is not something to be feared, and I think if you listen to our shows, you'll truly learn to understand that. So please join us each Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Network. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tune in next week for another informative and inspiring episode on the Voice America Variety Channel at 9 a.m. Pacific time.